Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. We're here on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We appreciate you spending some of the next couple of hours with Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this today. Um, busier than normal than we've been over the last little while. The uh, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, boy, he's dying on that hill, is he not? He does not want the Bears to leave Soldier Field and move to uh, the space that currently is uh, the home of Arlington Park Racetrack, uh, which I guess is going to be Churchill Downs owns it. They are selling it and getting out of the racing business in the Windy City uh, and the plot of land. And it's a big... Have you been to Arlington Park? I have not. There's a lot of land. A couple of my buddies worked there in high school. Yeah. And uh, that's where their horse racing bug came from. Trent, it's a palace. Yeah, that's it what I've It really heard. is. Um, and I haven't been there since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming it hasn't changed too much. And they have a state-of-the-art uh, turf course. Uh, of course, the first million-dollar race, uh, the Arlington Million. But... Um, uh, regardless of that, the Bears are eyeing that. I think it's a negotiation ploy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what Jeff Hughes says because uh, he's uh, very opinionated. If you've listened to uh, Jeff about his Bears, and he's very opinionated uh, on his feelings that he does not want them to leave Soldier Field. Uh, we'll get the Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. He comes up at 1045. Dave Sproul talks Iowa State at 1105. Tom Kakert likewise on Iowa at 1125 as we recap the week for the Clones and the Hawks before we give four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. We do that every Friday about 11.45. Uh, the rules, you can only participate once a month, whether you win or not, uh, once a month. Uh, so we get some new people in the contest. We've been uh, successful at doing that. We will give four of you an opportunity at 11.45. The NBA is going to factor into things with three games here in the next couple of days. One game last night on ice, one game on hardwood. The baseball was good, except if you're a Blue Jays fan uh, with the triple play that never happened in baseball before. Not the triple play never happened in baseball before, but just how it played out. Cubs get a nice win. Another fun night of sports, Trent Condon. You know, you uh, mentioned hockey. I didn't get there one time. Didn't you last night? Well, you had to search for it. It was on USA Network. It was. Is that where it was? And and maybe that was a reason for it. As I was making my way yeah. over to Golf Channel, probably would have saw that. Oh, I in never the guy. Even mentioned the golf, for God's sake. Because that's where I was. Uh-huh. I, I was locked into Prime that. Prime time golf. Little trials afterwards. I'm. I thought at this point the Olympics. Eh, yeah. Take it or leave it. Right. And I'm getting sucked back in. I'm already getting mm-hmm. sucked back mm-hmm. in. and mm-hmm. It just has a way about it, doesn't it? It's something that in today's sporting world probably shouldn't work. It just, But there's the tugging on the heartstrings, the stories that come along yep. with it. Yep. Going back to the NFL draft, not this past year, but the year before, as we're dealing with COVID, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the ABC broadcast more than I ever would. And it was because it was about the stories. It was yeah. about every heart-wrenching right, story. Right. It wasn't the hardcore football that I'm used to and that I enjoy. It was just a different time. And same thing. I couldn't do it on a yearly basis with the Olympics. No. It, it wouldn't. 
But every four years, because yeah, we don't pay attention to the world championships right. that take place every year, there's there's a time for that. And there's yeah. a time to learn about these athletes and learn about the stories and watch something a little different and a little new and something that you don't know as well. And that can be fun. And it happened again. And I'm going to be in the swimming <laughs> and I'm going to be in the basketball and I'm going to be in the gymnastics. I, I know it already. Olympic just has a way about 100 it. 100 meter. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No Usain Bolt anymore, but boy, he was appointment TV, wasn't he? Michael Johnson was really good. Atlanta, right for him? 90, mm. 96. 96. 96 games in the Gold Atlanta. shoes. Or the gold shoes, yep. And Muhammad Ali lighting the torch. Yeah. All-time, all-time goosebump moment. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who it was going to be and uh, fighting Parkinson's the way that he was and his arm um, in, with the effects of Parkinson's shaking as he as he uh, just amazing it was it really and truly was all right we had some really baseball last mm-hmm. night uh, i don't care where we start we can do the nba let's go with the cubs i uh kyle Hendricks, trent he got us in the fourth inning he was a little bit of trouble mccann mm-hmm. bounced into that double play uh, and then uh, i don't know who followed him but just beat one into the ground got out of it there um yeah kyle Hendricks. look he, he he, what, 92 pitches I think he threw in six innings last night? Is that what it was? His pitch count was a little bit higher. I watched most of that game. Yeah. I was into it um, because they needed that game, right? They really did. It, it, it's overstated. It was a game on June 17th. Sure. But, but you know what? Padres fans would tell you, that if, regard, depending on how their season goes, mm-hmm. that that game on June 17th really propelled them because they're coming off a sweep against the Rockies right. before they went uh and Don Arcillo's call of that home of Caratini's home run. But back to the Cubs for a second. Yes, I agree with you. It felt like a big win. Pitch number five leaves the ballpark, and there was no more scoring. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that something? Yeah, baseball every day. Never know what you're going to get. Right. And then after six innings of Hendricks, this is where I was impressed because I was basically back and forth, and then I got locked in late. Chafin comes in mm-hmm. to Parrot, and then Kimbrell at the end. They don't give up a hit. No. Trent, this bullpen is one of the stories of baseball this year. We joked about these guys in March because we didn't know who the hell they were. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of, not nobodies. Right. Nobodies are guys at least you've heard of. Right. There's well, so many Ch- of these guys that you didn't have names. True. Chafin played in a, on a team that nobody pays attention yep. to. Uh, boy, does he ever look like a, he looks like a beer league pitcher, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Like, he should be out there playing slow pitch. Yeah, playing slow pitch and hitting balls over the fence and then ordering pitchers at the bar. Right. right? Yep. <laughs> With his cap on backwards. Uh-huh. That's how that's that's his look. But man, he's been unbelievable. His ERA is under two. Tapera's under two. And Kimbrell's lights out. Kimbrell Craig Kimbrell is lights out. Nobody saw this coming. Kimbrell's gonna I mean, if he's not the starting uh, if he doesn't have an opportunity to close the game, should the National League be in that spot, mm-hmm. um, then they're not doing their job right because he's been he's as good as there is in the game right now. No the doubt. The entire bullpen. And the ace did what he's supposed to do, right? The ace of your staff supposed to stop losing streaks, yep. and they were in the midst of one, losing three straight. Now they come home tonight and play the Marlins and have a night game on a Friday night at Wrigley Field. How? Very seldom. Is it... Twice a year they schedule these, maybe a little bit more in either April or September. Yeah, you know what, Trent? I don't think that there's there's two seems probably the max. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of them. It's one twenty. Yes. Now there's a few Saturday games. We saw one last week, mm-hmm. but but a Friday night game in Wrigleyville, boy, that place will be bonkers. Oh man! Morning. Oh, Chicago's wide open. Speaking of Chicago, how about Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago? Mm-hmm. 
So let's kind of segue, since you opened the door to Chicago, um, to what's going on with the Bears and their move and get back to it. I loved her response as a season ticket holder. Look, I'm convinced that the... That the Bears are posturing. This is negotiation. Sure. I don't believe they want to move to Arlington Heights. I really don't. Um, I believe they want the city. And they the city apparently has committed to throwing some cash at Soldier Field. I don't know what that means. Now, we hear all the time about the surface of Soldier Field. Oh, absolutely. playing surface, yeah. right? Um, because it's not just the Bears that get to use it. Mm-hmm. And it's a city park for right. all intents and purposes. True. It is city owned. And because of that, well, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. First of all, you don't get the amount of revenue that you would mm-hmm. if you own your own stadium. True. And that's a huge part of it. The Bears are already one of the most revenue producing franchises in sports. It's a huge money maker, but that's without owning their own stadium. Right. And you throw that into it, you're talking next level kind mm-hmm. of. They already have generational money. Sure. But we've also heard the McCaskey family isn't exactly liquid. No, it's not like Balmer with the yeah, Clippers. has right. got you know, money and he can move around hundreds of millions of dollars at any time. That's not the case with the McCaskey family. To do this, I agree with you. I believe on the surface it is posturing. They want to get more out of Soldier Field. They want to get more out of their agreement with the city of Chicago. And I think most importantly, I think they want to be able to do a few more things. They want to be able to expand attendance. Uh-huh. 62,000. It's, it's one not, of the smaller stadiums yes. in the league, right? In terms of boxes. Mm-hmm. Don't have nearly as many as other places. If everything worked perfectly, they would be able to do their expansion that they want to do, do the things they want with the sit, with the stadium, and they'll stay in Chicago. I don't think they're going to get that, though. I, I really think that the city is going to dig their heels in and say... Good luck to you. Yeah. Good luck to you if you're going to mm-hmm. leave. The, well, they've got a lease through 2033 to begin yeah. with, which sounds uh, on the surface. I mean, these things are written and signed for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And if it's you're dealing with the city and you're dealing with an NFL pro football team, you have to think that the that the attorneys, um, you know, that they, these the, these guys, they, they make a lot of money. The reason they make a lot of money, they're very good at what they do. So you would think that on the city, uh, so it's the city side of things. This is ironclad. Um, but we'll see. I guess we'll, we're going to find out. I, if we get to that point, again, I don't think we will. I know that the talk is they want to put a roof over the stadium, right? They want to have a roof. They want to be able to bring in other types of events. Final four, five, final four, Super Bowl. So you get, you would get a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, if indeed you built a new stadium, um, Chicago would be great for a Super Bowl. I think, even though it's look, uh, the the Super Bowl in New Jersey, kind of, I'm not sure that New York was pumped up about it like some destiny. Look, the Super Bowl should be in New Orleans every year, in my opinion. It is perfect yeah. because everybody's going to gather on Bourbon Street, right? And you can walk everywhere. You can walk everywhere. Yep. You can speaking of walking, that's one of the things about Soldier Field that I remember. So as I've said before, I've never seen a game there. Mm-hmm. I saw the Rolling Stones there. And we took an Uber to Soldier Field. And I'm assuming that if you take an Uber to a concert, it's the same as taking an Uber to a football game or a cab or a car or whatever. I remember getting dropped off and and going through a bunch of tunnels. Yeah, yep, yep. Right, and I think what, the, and we're, there's no tailgating that I could see, or very little, very little, yes. And then it was way worse after the Stones 
Because, Trent, it seemed like Cindy and I walked for miles to get to where the Ubers pick you up. You probably did. And I'm not talking like 10-minute walk. I'm talking 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Sounds about right. And I finally just and through parking lots. Uh, and what's the historic museum there? Yep, absolutely. Um, walked past it. And then we were nowhere close to where we finally got picked up. It was a... And that's the big knock, right? Yes, absolutely. So this wasn't, you know, Ken the tourist who was turned around. Because mm-hmm. I was following, I finally realized, just followed everybody else. Going to the Iowa-Northern Illinois games at mm-hmm. Soldier Field. Two of them have been played now in the last decade. And even those, where you're not talking about 62,000, it was probably 45,000, maybe something like that. And just getting there. And the pain that it was. And how different of an experience it is from what you're used to college football-wise. And then we look to the south of us in Kansas City. I mean, they have tailgates set up right. And if you remember, there was a long time they talked about putting some kind of, not a dome over the top of mm-hmm, Arrowhead, mm-hmm. but doing something so they could get a yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. But they knew they had, I mean, it's basically perfect in terms it's of phenomenal. where it is, yeah. where it's located, getting it and get it out. They knew they had such a great spot. Chicago doesn't have that. Now, they would in Arlington Heights. They absolutely would. The other thing I read yesterday in the Sun-Times I, I thought was really interesting is they've done a study of where the fan base comes from. Uh-huh. Well, it comes from the northwest suburbs. Does it? The season ticket holders are yep. from the northern or north, northwest suburbs. A huge percentage. I can't remember offhand what the number was, but that's where the fan base is. That's where the fan base is. If you know people that live in Chicago, it's you make a choice. You're going to have a super long commute if you mm-hmm. do work downtown, or you're going to live in the city. Well, majority of people anymore, they made that decision to go to the suburbs. Right. And now- And getting, put up with the commute. Right. Why stay? It's a pain in the ass. Oh, man. I, I told you when we were out there for Big Ten Media Days yeah. two years ago, my buddy out there, he has a 95-minute drive every morning, and he leaves at 5 a.m. to beat the traffic. Right. And even that, the traffic that he's going through, it, it's- a different level than anything I can even, living. Yes, I can't wrap my mind around mm-hmm. it, but that's what they're dealing with. So, got a, one of our guys on Twitter that tweets at us a lot, Jay Scott, really enjoy his uh, input that he yeah, has I do here. too. And he uh, sent us a tweet from Waddle and, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, mm-hmm. Cappy Station, over there. Now that the Bears have officially shown interest in purchasing Arlington Park, are you in favor of a new Bears stadium in Arlington Heights? Are you in favor of it? Yes, no question. What mm-hmm. do you think the percentages are? Um, it, there's more yes than I thought. Uh, just just um, Jeff Hughes' Twitter, for, I mean, the blowback mm-hmm. he's getting. Um, it's more than I would have thought. I would have thought it would have been 60, 60% of the people want to keep it, 40 want to move. So I'll go 50-50. 77% of the people are in favor of the Bears' new stadium in Arlington Heights. Hmm. And this is from Waddle and Sylvie's? Yeah, ESPN 1000. I mean, this is... Right, so they got a lot of people to respond to that Twitter poll. Over 5,000 votes. Wow. 77% mm-hmm. are in favor of this. This has taken away me that just remember Soldier Field. Right. And you got these great memories of Walter Payton and everything else. Well, there's something to be said for brand new stadiums. Right? Yes. I mean, look at so- SoFi in, in, in Los Angeles. I can't wait to see that. Look at U.S. Bank. Eyes. Look at U.S. Bank. Absolutely. There's another it's perfect a palace. One. Right. And I'm a Metrodome fan. Mm. Yes, you right? were. And I didn't want the Metrodome to come down. Then I got the Target Field. You know what? This is pretty cool. It's pretty nice, isn't right? it? <laughs> um, I didn't want the Winnipeg Arena to be torn down because that's where my heart was. That's where my mm-hmm. Jets played, right? But the new building's pretty cool. It is, yeah. So you get over these things, right? Um, 
but you just have an affinity to the to the uh, the building, the stadium that, that that where your team played when you became a fan and developed your fandom. But you know what? Seventy-seven. That's a big number. That's a huge. Five thousand replies to yes. that. Wow. Think of the Boston Garden. I remember when that thing yeah. was torn down. Oh, they take everything. Chicago Stadium. Montreal Forum. Yes. Right? Oh, no more Inglewood for the Lakers. They're going to the Staples Center. You know, that's a good move. I've never been so disappointed in a building in my life when I got to the fabulous forum. I bet. Those pillars outside. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I can't wait to get inside this place. And you can't even go around. You can't take a full no, loop around that place. You can't take a, you're, you're walking around just to see and be seen, you know, mm-hmm. the people watch, and you come to a wall. <laughs> turn back around. And you got to turn back around. It's like a horseshoe. Um, yeah, I was, it was, it's a dump. Yeah. There was. Is it still there? No, they tore it down. No, right? they're, they, no, they're still there. Yes. They're making it a music arena. Right. They tore the racetrack down Hollywood Park. Right. That's where SoFi sits. And if you're flying into Los Angeles, sit on the right-hand side of the plane because every every flight path goes right over top of it. Oh, really? Yeah. You see, you look down when you're coming in for a la- LAX is right there. It's okay. right by LAX. Um, yeah, I just, I get why Hughes is so fired up about this, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a brand new building... You know, with and I don't know. I guess they would get a final four, probably right. Oh yes, there's no, there's no reason. Minneapolis got one. Yes, Chicago's going to get right. one. Right? Yeah, they get a Super Bowl. They've never had a final four. Well, at least in recent history, mm-hmm. they of course had a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They've these big time events. They go to Indianapolis. Right. Indianapolis is going to have a Super Bowl before Jacksonville had a Super Bowl right. before Chicago. Yeah. You do that. Those things change. You know, there was talk that Arrowhead was going to get one. This they had to get the cover. Years ago. Was that talk? That was that's where that whole cover yeah. thing is. That they were going to get, and they the played cost outside of, of MetLife. They did. Do you remember the cost of that I thing? Don't. What was this? Maybe mid mid aughts, like two thousand five, eight range, yeah, something like that. Ring, rings a bell. And it was just for this cover that they were going to contract and put together, basically. Only for the Super Bowl. It was like $80 million. Jeez. And in today's it, world... Back, back then, right. right. You're probably talking $125 million for a cover of a stadium for one day. So you're a Bears fan. What do you want to do? What do you want to see? Uh, I don't go to Bears games often. And I've, in my life, I think, been to five or six in Social Field. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's not part of my fandom. When I go to an NFL game, I go to Minnesota. My wife's a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Mm-hmm. We know hey, to get up there. Weather, right. battling with that. We have family in Minneapolis. It's just, it's an easier trip to make that happen. So it's not that big of a deal to me. I don't have those memories of Soldier Field. I don't have great times that I had there watching the great players. I don't have that. It's a TV product for me. And because of that, ultimately, doesn't matter. I really don't care. Right. Here's what I'll say about Arlington Heights and the traffic with, with Soldier Field. And again, this is, I was there once, but I remember leaving. Arlington Park and going to Wrigley Field because we were, we went to the went to the track and they were going to see the Cubs play. Okay. And I remember it taking seemingly a long time. I couldn't believe how much traffic that there was whatever streets we were on and I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just seemed like if if you're going and maybe it's changed now, right? Maybe there's different ways in and out, and maybe the interstate's different whatever. It just seemed like it was we were caught in traffic a lot. So I'm not sure that you're going to be able to alleviate that problem. Right. But there's tailgating. 
And there will be a ton of tailgates. The parking lot is big. They're going to tear down all the barns. Uh, the racetrack, you can put a stadium right over the, you know, where, where the current grandstand is now and, and the track itself. There'll be plenty of room, you know, build that area up. And in order um, for this to happen, this is three, maybe four. Oh, they're not leaving Soldier Field anytime soon. Right. And it, when you get to that point, and knowing that the money and the influx that's going to be coming, the Soldier Field buying out of that lease. Mm-hmm. But becomes, who's going to buy it? That what this uh, Chicago Sun Times? Who's going to pay for it? For the for, le- if they if they do build a stadium, are the are, are the are the Bears going to build it? Well, not on their own, and that's the other part. Arlington Heights Mayor yep. says, "Come on in. You know We're going to do everything possible to make this." Funny happen. you mentioned that because I thought this story was dead, mm-hmm. and then la- late last week I saw he tweeted something out that that this is very much still alive. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden here we we got to this point yesterday. I still think it's negotiation. We'll see. Uh, I love the, the the mayor's blowback. Uh, Lori Life, right? Worry, Beat the Packers. Worry about, yeah, worry about the product on the field. Beat the Packers. Be relevant past October. Ooh. <laughs> and she's apparently a season ticket holder? Yeah. Oh, man. She's watching a lot of Is crappy Is she popular football. there? I have no idea. Is she popular? I don't know. I don't have my pulse on Chicago politics. Yeah, nor do I. Or Des Moines politics, or I. Uh, that's that true. Miller and Cotton will be back uh, with uh, Jeff Hughes. Uh, I know what side of the uh, how he feels. You can hear it for yourself. Pete Futek coming up again today is Friday. That means it's time for our Claxons barbecue giveaway. Well, not time, but we will get to it. It will be time, and that time will be about eleven forty-five. Again, you can only play once a month. If you haven't participated in the last month, you are eligible to do so. We're going to give you the three NBA games. Going to give you a, a U.S. Open prop. By the way, how are your plays going in the U.S. Open? Oh, we're already one for one. Oh, you cast a prop? Yeah, John Rahm to be in the top 20 after the first and round, plus 150. Nice, and he was two under? Yeah, tied for six. Tied for six, so ka-ching for you. Yes, we're off and running, and now I just need to hit about, oh, four, five, six, some more of these. <laughs> to break even? Just to get to the break even point. <laughs> Played a lot. Yeah, so did I, too much. Although I got Oosthuizen. You do, I saw yeah. that, and I was jealous. I wanted to hop aboard with you. All the bets I made, and the ones I, of course, jumped on Finau with you, Yeah, didn't do with Oosthuizen. You know, I didn't even see what kind of round did he have. Fino, do you know? I is oh, he in the hunt? I think he was like one over. Oh, that's uh, in the hunt. Yeah, he's he's around. He's hanging there. Uh, Watched a lot of Phil yesterday. Yeah, I did too. Early. Did you see any Zach? Nope, didn't see him once. I saw him. I, just a few shots. Wasn't great. I think he's four over going into the day. So cut line right now is uh, projected to be plus two, but they got a lot of golf. Yeah, I, I'm gonna guess that's gonna be more like plus four by the time we get to tonight. DeChambeau is uh, given, uh, so he's three over now. He's on the course. He bogeyed one. Good. So, <laughs> he's the fin- Finau's three over. Uh-oh. Not good. Miller and Conda, Jeff Hughes next. 1460 KXNO 106. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's been or so before 1030 on a Friday. Pete Futek College Football News coming up. Iowa and Iowa State conversation in hour number two. Claxton's Barbecue giveaway as well. Right now, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, a very popular uh, blog destination for Bears fans. Jeff joins the program. Jeff, Trent, and Ken, as always, we appreciate uh, being able to reach out to you and have you on, and thanks for doing this. Jeff, here's my, uh, I, I, I do think it's negotiation ploy at this point, uh, but what I'm surprised at, Jeff, is just how many seemingly Bears fans 
are open to this move. I didn't think it would be anywhere close the number of Bears fans that are seemingly okay with uh, with leaving Soldier Field. Ken, I just told Trent, I was just trying to watch the U.S. Open. <laughs> I was just trying to have a leisurely weekend and watch John Brown win his first major championship. <laughs> and here I am in Twitter fight after Twitter fight after Twitter fight. I truly believe there, there's two stories here. Number one, the Bears want the building renovated. They want the city to pay for it. The city right now is in financial doldrums. They don't want to pay for it. It's a negotiating point. Also, the McCaskey family right now is torn as to whether they want to sell the franchise or not. And a franchise without a building has significantly less value. The Bears, with their own building and their own property, are arguably, right next to the Cowboys, the most, the most lucrative franchise in the league. They don't have a building. Now, they're still worth $5 billion, so let's not feel sorry for the McCaskey family. But the arguments I'm having with Bears fans, the bizarre thing about it is none of it, not one element of it, involves sitting in your seat and watching a football game. It is about tailgates. It is about traffic, which, by the way, I live in New York City. Go to MetLife Stadium out in East Rutherford and tell me about traffic Been there. and how the suburbs yep. solve traffic. They don't. They had a building, new train station, a new rail line to that building to cure some of the traffic problems. It's about final fours. Final fours. Like, are we seriously talking about an NFL stadium where we're concerned about Pepperdine Gonzaga in 10 years? These things that they're concerned about to me are so bizarre. But this is what is sold to them, I believe, by a lot of Chicago media who love to just kill the McCaskies and kill the Bears organization. This has been indoctrinated into the fan base. They want a Super Bowl, again, from New York. When the Super Bowl was here, the only way you would have known it is if you were in a two-block radius of Times Square in the middle of the afternoon. Not one person in New York City even knew there was a Super Bowl happening out in the suburbs of New Jersey. So all of this extra stuff I don't get. The other element I'll say, and I've been fighting this all day, if you want more capacity in your building, if you want a bigger building, you better be prepared to move further away from the action. Because nobody builds a stadium anymore for the little guy and for the diehard to get closer to the field. The big problem with MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, both the Giants fan and the Jet fan will tell you, is that the diehards, the loud people, the people who care the most, are now further from the action than they ever have been before. When they build a new stadium, when they increase capacity, it's luxury boxes Mm -hmm. and it's high-end seating downstairs with waiters, with waitresses. (laughs) That's what you get. Yeah. The, the amenities the amenities they add to stadiums are not for us. They never add stuff for us. They're not going to triple the number of men's rooms, even though we keep asking for them. <laughs> it's never for us. It'll be for the people willing to pay $1,200 a seat. And those people will exist, and it will happen. I just wish fans would take a step back here and realize having a stadium in the middle of the city is one of the coolest things in the NFL. And when I'm in Chicago a couple times a year, and when I go to Bears games, or I talk to other fans in hotel lobbies, they all say the same thing. It is amazing to be able to walk to a ballpark. It is amazing to take the L and get off the L and have to walk 10 minutes to a ballpark. It is one of the more unique buildings in all of American sports, and I am going to fight the rest of this. Now, again, I've stopped. I've stopped my Twitter fight. If you're coming to the Bears blog for a Twitter fight, that's over for today. (laughs) U.S. Open is on. I'm going to watch the golf the rest of the day. But I will be back at it, I'm sure, tomorrow. With that, Jeff, 
you mentioned the negotiating ploy. So what can the McCaskey family, the ownership group, what can they get out of this? What are they ultimately, what's the end game if they ultimately want to stay at Soldier Field? What more can they get? The building was renovated just under 20 years ago. What are they looking for in that avenue? I just think they're looking for some cash from the city to do basic remodeling. I think they're looking for more men's rooms. I think they're looking for more ramps, for some more parking. I think they're looking for those baseline amenities that people want. But if you're thinking they're going to modernize this building into some kind of, again, I keep going back to New York because I live here. They tore down Yankee Stadium. They put up the new Yankee Mm -hmm. Stadium. The old Yankee Stadium had no amenities. It was awesome. The new Yankee Stadium has every amenity. And the new Yankee Stadium is a disaster, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. The old building had history. Yep. It had integrity. Yep. When you walked through the tunnel and looked at the field, you said, I know. Whoa, you did. Yankee Stadium. Yep. It's Yankee Stadium. And <laughs> that is what people are trying to tear down so that they can watch VCU versus Texas Tech in a Final Four in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't – now, again, I know your listeners like college basketball. I don't. But like, this is the kind of argument I've been having for now for the last 24 hours. The sight lines of Soldier Field are great. The capacity works. The crowd is very much into it. And if Bears fans really want to make that building better, stop selling your season tickets to opposing fans. Because every time I go to the building, a third of it is other fans. So maybe if you really cared about that building being powerful and being a tough place for opponents to play, you stop putting your tickets up on the open market and letting anybody buy them. Hmm. Knowing the stadium is a do, Jeff, is, is it feasible to expand the uh, the, uh, the seating capacity at all? Is there room for you know? Is there room for more seating in that building? I mean, it can't be not, many not, seats, right? No, not with the structural integrity of that building. I mean, it's still a very old yeah. internal structure, so they would not be able to really add seats. Listen, if the McCaskies were to come out, and I think if there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of methods of Ted Phillips' madness to come out and release that statement publicly. They didn't have to do that. If they wanted, if they came out and said, listen, the future of this franchise is we want one of the great buildings in all of the NFL. We want a big space. We want 100,000 seats or 80,000 seats. We want X, Y, and Z. It would be a different conversation. But fans have turned this into an anti-soldier field conversation. I don't understand the argument that we need more capacity at Soldier Field. For what? The capacity is fine for an NFL game. If you want to go to a Bears game now, you can go. It's going to cost X amount of money, but you can go. If you add 15,000 seats, it's not going to get cheaper for you to go. And if people think it is, that's just not the way this works. The building doesn't get cheaper for you because there's more seats. If there's more seats, they're going to be even more expensive down below, and you're going to get further and further from the action because nobody has built a new NFL stadium that gets you closer to the action. It's not how it works. You mentioned the internal strife and the ownership group, a possibility some group, a part of that group wants to sell, others want to keep it. Where are we on that front? And uh, we've talked a lot about Ted Phillips. I don't know a team president that gets more conversation than that guy does. A, a business guy more than a football guy. Just overall, when you look at this ownership group, kind of where they are. Well, like I've told you, the reason Ted is so uh, to the forefront of the organization is because the family he represents has no business background. Right. They didn't earn this this franchise. They were basically they were gifted this franchise, and he runs the business of it. Listen, there are people in that family who are not football people who see where the NFL is now, who see that five billion dollar price tag, who say, "Let's get the money now and and sell Waller Ty." 
There are also people like George, like George's son, like people in that organization who see this as this should be the family business forever, and they don't want to sell. Ultimately, uh, to sum all of this up, I don't think the McCaskies are going to sell the franchise. I don't think they're going to build a new park out in, in, in Arlington. I think they will get the city to come to the table to give them what they need. They have a lease signed through 2033. I expect them to see that lease out. We'll see where we are as a league, as a country in 10 years. I don't think anything happens short term, but you know, you never know. If the city plays hardball, I can see the McCaskies saying, you know what, we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback in a second, just some uh, kind of uh, here and now news. Jake Butt, uh, formerly of Michigan Wolverine. It was the Outback Bowl that he got uh, just a devastating knee injury, I want to say. Broncos took a chance with him with a either a fifth or sixth. As a Bronco fan, I was rooting for the guy. I hope it works out because watching him in college football, I thought he was going to have one of those, you know, he's going to be in the conversation, uh, you know, maybe a uh, Pro Bowl uh, type of tight end, that kind of talent at the next level. But injuries have curtailed that. I hope it works out. Your thoughts on the signing? Really like Jake but Loved him in college. One of those injuries in these bowl games where, you know, I got another controversial opinion where I said, if, you, if you're staring at millions of dollars, what do you do when playing an exhibition game? And, and that game meant nothing, and there was no real value to it, and it derailed his whole career. Listen, he fits the prototype of what the Bears do at tight end. He's a, he was a very talented player. Now, can he rebound from the injuries? Who knows? But it's a, it's a, it's a low-risk signing, and I know the entire city is going to be rooting for him big time. Speaking of the whole city rooting for him, that'll be Justin Fields, but maybe not as the starter. Your takeaway, what we've heard from... Both Fields, who's saying the right things, Dalton, who's said the right things in the past, and what we're hearing, Matt Nagy, that it would take, what I can't remember the exact terminology, he doesn't anticipate it's going to be Fields taking that first snap in September. No, no, and I, and I think Nagy's saying the right things, which is his anticipation that Andy Dalton's not going to lose this job, and they don't want Andy Dalton to lose this job. But if Andy Dalton is Mike Glennon this summer, if Andy Dalton's throwing interceptions in practice all summer, if he's terrible in the preseason games... Justin Fields is going to start. It's as simple as that. They will not they will not keep Justin Fields on the bench just to keep him on the bench. The concept is they've got a guy they believe can win them games while Justin Fields comes along. But if Andy Dalton shows this summer that he's not the guy that can win them games, they're going to move on. Because if the quarterback's going to make mistakes, it might as well be uh, Justin Fields making those mistakes because there's value in that long term as opposed to Andy Dalton. So I think the hope in that building right now is that Andy Dalton has a good solid summer is a leader and can win them games in September but I think you'll see Justin Fields somewhere in the middle of this season Hmm. Uh, last thing we got like 10 seconds uh, just because he's a a, a, the the quarterback in that division at least he was Aaron Rodgers is he a Packer on uh, in week one I don't think so is he retired I don't think so. I, I, I just think Green Bay will le- realize here that they're running out of time and they've got no leverage. Why not float him to Denver and see what they're going to offer you? They're going to offer you a boatload of picks. Why let him retire if he still wants to play? Get what you can get from him. Now, Green Bay made a tactical error here. This deal should have been made before, before the draft. The draft yep. They would have been staring at the, the Niners pick. They could have drafted their quarterback of the future if they're not in love with love. I think that Green Bay has misplayed this from day one, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Appreciate you coming on. TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff, we'll talk in a few weeks. 
Keep Soldier Field right where it is. <laughs> Thank you. Another, we uh, told you, opinionated. He wants, he doesn't want it to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and breaks up some good points, I think. Yeah, but you know what, John? He's in the minority. He, he very Bears, much Bears is. fans, I'm hearing from him on, uh, on their texting me. They want this. Uh, they don't want it. Anyways, uh, let's take our time out. We'll come back. College football conversation. We're here until noon. It's 1460 KXNO and 107. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. If you're like uh, me and like Trent the time to time, uh, you want to get ready for college football or you're starting to... You know, to uh, refresh, I think, is probably the best way. There's so many sports, right? You forget uh, college football news has a whole bunch of previews already done. Let's get to Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Pete Futek? Everything's going all right. Well, it's college football playoff expansion day today. In a couple hours, they're about to announce this whole thing, however they're going to do it. Well, I thought it was in the middle of July in Chicago. Was I mistaken? Uh, it might be. Actually, I may have read that wrong. Maybe I thought it was going to be in July instead of June. So that changes my day a little bit. But, uh, yeah, okay. That'd be pretty good. I'd actually prefer that. But at the very least, they're going to be talking about it. And it looks like they are going to do something uh, pretty massive. No, it's uh, today, Friday, June 18th. Wow. Okay. Well, good stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like, look, I don't believe that the, uh, that the, what, I think there was four of them in the room would have put the statement out when they did, had the, they not been pretty confident that the votes were there to see this. It looks as though we're going to 12. The one tweak that we're starting to hear a lot of people get upset about, and I think when we first heard the 12, we were just, oh my God, this is great. And then we looked into it a little bit more, and seemingly those buy teams, they don't want to uh, give up a home game. Uh, and play them in the Bulls. That might be one of the tweaks. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, but that's not going to happen probably, um, mainly because you kill the Bulls, the, at least the mid-range, uh, the mid-to-high-range Bulls if you do that. And to remember who we're dealing with here, college football playoffs, people are Bull people. They care first and foremost about you know getting a good playoff tournament, but they also care about the Bull games. And the problem is, if you put those quarterfinal games uh, on the uh, home field of the higher seeds, which would make sense and would certainly be a, a good, fair thing to do, then what do you do with, say, the Bulls that aren't the, the college football playoff mm-hmm. games as we have them now? Because you're not going to still have you know, the teams that lose go to those other Bulls. So, like, what are you going to have? Like, uh, you know, a 7-5 and five Nebraska versus a... Uh, you know, a six and six Washington State in the Rose. I mean, that's you're, you don't want to diminish that. So I, I do think that the the getting the one week of a bye is probably enough of a cookie to 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 give those guys a week off and a break. That's a pretty massive uh, break you're giving them. The one tweak I will be curious to see that I have heard from you know other media guys and I kind of caught right away as well is. They, they, at least in the initial proposal, they weren't really hot on the idea of reseeding after mm, the yes. first round. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is, all of a sudden, that potentially turns the four seed into the number one. Because if you're not going to reseed, and let's say there's an upset in the first round, well, then all of a sudden you've kind of you know taken away any advantage for the one seed. I mean, for example, 
Like, if this is 2014 and Boise State had upset Baylor, for example, in the first round, well, their 20th-ranked team, according to their system, would have played the number four, and the number one team would have played the 8-9, effectively taking away any advantage you would have had being that number one seed. Interesting, yeah. I'm not a big fan of reseeding, but on the surface, the way you laid out, Pete, it certainly makes sense, and the reason is because what makes the NCAA tournament so great? Throw that bracket in front of Susie mm-hmm. down in the corner office mm-hmm. and knows nothing and she wins it. Now, it's a 64-team tournament or 68 as opposed to 12, but I think the bracket part of it at least would add a little bit of more intrigue, but yeah. not a real yeah. big, important Su- part Susie of it. Susie aside, it's still <laughs> a dumb way to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's no argument for not reseeding when it comes to you know these sorts of tournaments, especially like this, because again, what's the whole point of being seeded? And if you're not... And the, you know, the, the advantage is supposed to be, at least in the, uh, you know, the professional ranks, okay, you don't recede, but the higher seed gets the home court, home ice, home whatever advantage. You know, the NCAA tournament's kind of got that messed up just because of the brackets, the way they're set up and the logistics of that. Uh, but it's not fair. I mean, there's just no point uh, in not reseeding because, again, let's say you're the number one powerhouse and all of a sudden you get the eighth seed and it's 2015, and Houston pulls off a number one, an upset in the first round, and the number four seed gets the 18th ranked team. And you don't have the home field advantage to, uh, to offset that. Uh, Pete, you're 100% right, by the way. I don't know why I got July, but uh, they are meeting. They started the meetings yesterday. They'll go through today, and then they'll take those recommendations, and they'll head to Dallas after leaving Chicago for meetings that start in the first part of next week. So uh, you indeed are going to be very, very busy as we uh, find out what uh, uh, what resolution is going to be uh, brought forward from these meetings. So anyways, let's uh, let's get to some uh, college football news that, that I thought, honestly, when I saw this, I, I thought it was a joke. I, I really did. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel is there's gonna it's the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Honestly, I thought it was the Onion, and I never even clicked on the story. But I guess it's true. Yeah, why not? Okay, it's you know. It, but the thing about the Jimmy Kimmel, it's the Jimmy Kimmel, I think, show bowl or so. I think there's it, it is still promoting a product. I mean, it's still promoting. I mean, it's got his name in, it, and I get I get it how they're doing this. But uh, it is you know the ABC ESPN family of things. Um, promotion, um, but it's the LA Bowl. It's a new bowl, and all right, they are uh, make it a little bit interesting. But you know, hey, it's a, it, again, it kind of points to the whole nature of why this college football playoff expansion matters. <laughs> is that they they really did kind of realize that the bowls are exhibitions. They just are. They just they don't matter. You know, you, we saw it last year. Okay, so a bunch of teams didn't want to go. Okay. A bunch of bowl games got canceled. Okay, nobody missed them. And so, at the very least, you want to bring something back to the, to the postseason. And if you have the bowls counting, you know, at least four other bowls counting as college football playoff games, you know, the other bowls, there's the, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, so are going to be interesting and fun for, you know, whatever Pac 12 and Mountain West teams get there. So, you still kind of serve everybody on this. So, uh, divisions. That has been another part that might ultimately in conferences go away. I know there's been big proponents, certainly in the Big Ten East, uh, saying that divisions shouldn't be a part of that. As we look at the changing ways of college football, is the Big Ten West on its uh, last life here? You remember these things always go in cycles. And, you know, Ohio State's always probably going to be pretty good. And, yeah. you know, but last year, look, Penn State was awful for the, they had the worst start to the, in their history of their program. 
Uh, Michigan was awful. You know, Michigan State was awful. You know, so these these things sort of you know you know come around. If you remember the the very very beginning uh, of the Big Twelve when they had the division, the power was in the North. You know, when you had Kansas State and Colorado and Oklahoma was down, and you know Nebraska was in the North, and then obviously it all shifted once uh, Texas and Oklahoma got awesome. Uh, so I get it. I, I it, it is a little more interesting. The problem with not going with divisions is you see this kind of happening in some conferences where, okay, who gets Ohio State and who doesn't? I mean, I know you have that now, uh, but if you do it with the, if you take out the division side of things, it really does kind of expand just how important it is to get the, you know, the Rutgers and the Maryland as opposed to the Ohio States and Penn States, even though, again, you've got that now. But you can offset that by you know winning your division potentially. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com is our guest. Pete, uh, I think that this Arizona State story is, is going to blow up to be a, a pretty big scandal when it comes to football. When you factor in COVID uh, and you factor in that uh, you know these campuses were supposedly closed, but they're meeting in person week after week after week. There, there's money involved apparently, and what makes what makes me believe that this is going to be uh, a big story is apparently. Uh, someone internally, someone close to Edward's staff uh, was is the, eh, for lack of a better term, the rat, the guy, the person that's come forward with all of these emails, all of this collateral that spells out, in my opinion, trouble for Arizona State. Uh, every time I think things like that, I realize that nobody cares. Um, it just, it's, it, yeah, it, it's a bad situation. It was a bad deal. You can't do that you had to be more especially for the pac-12 where you had all the california teams uh couldn't or most of the california teams at least in the north couldn't play at home right. and you had all these different issues and you know the pac-12 was really the most mindful of the covid restrictions mm-hmm. and really the most worried about that then yeah it is a really really bad look the uh the recruiting side of things doesn't really that's not going to hold water because with the new name, image, and likeness stuff happening, basically that's morally that turns pretty kosher and there's no real argument against it. But you're right. The, the COVID stuff, you can't have done that during that time. And uh, we'll see what happens because Arizona State, at least on the field, is going to be one of the yep. three or four teams in the uh, the Pac-12 this year. Indeed. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. If you're Jonesy for college football news, you want to get a little refresher course on maybe your team. It'll be up there at some point or competition that your team will play college football news. Great previews. Pete Futek, thank you, Pete. Appreciate you coming on. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. You do the same. Uh, Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Yeah, the meetings are, are going on now. I'm mm-hmm. red July for the... For weeks in July in my oh house. really yeah I thought it was in the, I thought it was the middle of July but it's today or it started yesterday and then today the press conference is scheduled for noon today yeah how about that so right of course after we get off the so air. and then on Tuesday they get to Dallas where the management committee will endorse the whatever comes out of this meeting mm-hmm. and forward the recommendation and by September we should have some clarity on how. Uh, college football is going to host their playoffs starting in 23. There's a Rose Bowl problem, as Pete mentioned there. Yes, there is. And it's the Rose Bowl that's the problem. So why don't you just make that a permanent spot? Because they don't want to give up Pac-12 Big Ten. You're going to have to get past it. I agree Or you're going to you. lose your spot at the table. Totally or you're going to have you. Washington State. Yes. Northwestern. Northwestern, right. 
Enjoy that. Six and six versus eight and four. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what you're mm-hmm. going to have. And I think if you put it to them in those very simple terms, that has to change their thinking, right? I, you would think. It is about getting people there. Getting to a Rose Bowl after a six and six season. Mm-hmm. Are you going to spend the thousands of dollars to get there for that event? Probably not. Not going to have the same excitement, same kind of buildup. It, it, there's a big problem. They're going to have their parade. I mean, it's a it's a big deal. And the way these bulls, I mean, just have these administrators by the short hairs. Uh, oh, no they're doubt. giving away their best properties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lick of sense. But didn't didn't it seem to you like when I got to the Rose Bowl, it just seemed different. It did. It felt like you're at. Well, like there's a reason they call it the granddaddy of them all, right? It just seemed like this is the pinnacle. But I've been to an Orange Bowl. Yeah. I have too. Eh. Right? Yeah. Different. It was just different. So keep that one. Yeah. Everybody else, you're out. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa Conversation, Claxton's Barbecue, in hour number two, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.